A reading from Mark 5. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart, and the shackles he broke in pieces. And no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I adjourn you by God. Do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there on the hillside, a great herd of swine was feeding, and the unclean spirits begged him, Send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine, and the herd numbered about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea, and were drowned in the sea. The swineherders ran off and told him and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw that the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had had that legion, and they were afraid. Those who had seen what had happened to the demoniac and to the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. Gospel of our Lord. God's peace and love to you all. Just, just over a decade ago, I had the opportunity, I had the wonderful opportunity to work at a summer camp up in the north woods of Minnesota. I took a leap of faith and applied to work at this place not knowing anyone and not having been there since I was a child. Still, it turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life. It became a place where I met some of my closest friends. It became a place that gave me direction on what did I want to do with my life. I continue to strongly encourage any students that ever want to work at a camp to do so. I'm looking at you, Tony. <laughs> um, it's just a wonderful growth experience. After a summer of life-changing work and a school year back at college, I was understandably excited to return to camp in the second year. I was excited for everything to be the same. Friends would be returning that summer and with them a sense of what we had lost when we had split up the year prior. Except, when I got there, I quickly realized that things had changed. First, there had been a fire the previous year that had made its way through camp. A small one, but that had prompted some much-needed fire mitigation efforts, which involved taking down quite a few beloved trees. Second, there was a new director to the camp, 
a new director that had identified areas in the programming that needed to change for the good of everyone at camp. I remember many of us struggling with this, adding to my confusion about just what I had returned to in my second summer. I thought I had a very good grasp of what the year would be, having lived it the previous summer and loving it. I wanted it to be the same. The same trees that we ran around, the same cabins that we slept in, the same lake that we swam in, and the same programs we ran the year before. But this place felt very different. It was not at all what I was expecting. Things had changed, and it was a struggle. There is so much packed into this little story in Mark we hear today, it's truly remarkable. A story of healing and sickness, wholeness, separation, fear, and courage, Jesus calming center throughout it all, and a community that desperately needs his gospel and demanding he leaves. Here is this tension in scripture that Pastor Joel was talking about a few weeks ago. It's not unlike the tension I'm feeling in my life right now when I talk with my family and friends about returning to normalcy after this pandemic. Some loved ones hope that by summer, we'll be back to normal. A belief that we can return to, once, to what once was. Others have voiced the opinion that in any return from isolation that we've experienced will be difficult and take time. The, that normal will never look like it did before last March. That returning to a fuller community will be a hard transition for many of us. The question they are both asking is, a return to what? What will it look like? Will we be returning to what we remember or a new reality? In Mark, we find a man exiled from society, cast away from the rest of the community, People have unsuccessfully tried to restrain him, but he breaks free to howl and bruise himself with stones. Normal is not healthy for him, nor is it healthy for the community who is trying to keep him chained up in the mountains, on the margins of their society. And so, so too for us, when we think of returning to normal, it is important to remember that normal was not working for everyone in our community either. We see how this pandemic has laid bare the worst parts of our institutions and culture, which have been part of our community for years. One only needs to travel to 38th in Chicago or reference the newest homeless encampment being cleared to see this truth. But in Mark, we see that Jesus turns normal upside down, despite the objections of the power structures of that day. It serves as a reminder that God breaks into the world not so much through flawed institutions and individuals, but in spite of them. Even the legion of demons sees that God's kingdom is inevitable. Normalcy that excludes and marginalizes is a dying species in Jesus' kingdom. Later in Mark, we find that the healed Gerasian man has been sent to tell his story the crowd after they had seen him and healed, and they rejected it outright. Theologian Micah D. Keel sheds light on this reaction by the crowd, saying, 
When the thing we fear most is transformed and brought directly in our midst, our inclination is fear and reliance upon violence to rid ourselves of the change we cannot understand. But somehow, some way, the man has enough courage to face the crowd again after Jesus behest to share his story. And they are amazed. Maybe this is what we as humans need to do after isolation, separation, and loss. Show up in a new world and tell our story. Mark tells this story, rough edges and all, one of Jesus being a calming presence with absolute power over the situation, but also one where the crowd begs him to leave their neighborhood. In a story full with demons called legion because they are so many, the most terrifying prospect is being so uncomfortable by what Jesus is doing that we drive him away. I need to hear the smooth and the rough especially when I think of what returning means for us as a community and how I find my place in it. We see that normal does not happen after Jesus appears in this story. Jesus is working for change. We are called by God to embrace newness. We are reminded in this story that it is very difficult for us. We tend to not want the things we remember fondly to change, and we certainly don't want the things we fear to change either. This year plus has been hard for so many reasons. This pandemic has separated families, caused anxiety, and exacerbated depression. has taken jobs and even loved ones. What I hear in this story is a call to be open to healing and transformation. Jesus did not leave us during this last year. God was with us before and during and will be with us after this pandemic. Our call is to listen to the stories of the possessed man and the crowd. One is a story of transformation. The other one is of fear. Even after his healing, the crowd still saw him as a demon, something to be feared and chained, a denial of his humanity and transformation. Part of the normalcy we must condemn is when people are not allowed to share their fuller picture of who they are, of their humanity. Our white supremacy culture has met those people with violence. We read these violent old biblical stories as if they were a relic of the past, but current news of hate crimes in our country tell us that they are very much a part of our present and a part of our story. I don't know what this year will bring as we hope to return to our communities. We have missed so much. These communities in our lives we haven't shared meals with, family members we haven't hugged, they exemplify small moments that show us the power of such simple acts together. I don't know how I will react. Will I be more of the healed man or the crowd? What I do know is God calling me into a bold new normal, one that works for the crowd and for the demoniac one of healing, one of listening to each other's stories and honoring the humanity in them, one where we do send Jesus away, one where we don't send Jesus away because the message we hear is too radical. Healing is radical. Seeing each other in fuller light is radical. 
acknowledging what we have lost, but continuing on in courage is radical, especially when we desperately want to hold on to the past that should not be again. Came back to that second summer wanting what I had the year before. It was a place of deep love for me. I struggled with the loss of that normalcy as changes happened. It wasn't until I listened, listened to the others' experiences and hopes and dreams for a better community that I could let go of the normal I loved so much. Change Changes made that place a better community for both us and the children we welcomed in every week. And I'm deeply grateful grateful for that. We may feel as if we have been sent into the mountains for a year to be alone. And now we're seeing from a distance a promise of return. A return to what? We do not know. This gospel tells a story of a crowd so outraged by Jesus that they drive him away. God is calling us into a beautiful, frustrating world that is simultaneously here and not yet. One that is centered around the things that society has deemed to have flaws and should be kept at arm's length. This is oriented to the people society throws into the mountains to be forgotten. Forgotten even though there is howling. May we be brave enough to share our stories, listen to others, hold our grief and our healing, and witness God's transforming presence in the world. That is a world that I want to work to return to. Amen.